the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. We are in the sixth chapter of Galatians, and Galatians has been really good. Paul's spent a lot of time, and you know, it's Paul's tradition, it's the way he writes, and it is the truth. He begins by telling you who you are. It's very important that you know who you are, because knowing who you are dictates how you're going to live. It dictates how you're going to perceive life. We spend a lot of time talking about who we are in Christ, and we do that by necessity. If you look through the epistles of Paul, he spends a great deal of time pulling people back into the truth of who who they are. He initially introduces them to who they are, and then in comes the deceivers, in comes the false prophets or what have you, teachers, and they pull them off. And where do they pull them off to? They pull them off into a false self. A false identity, away from who they are spiritually, in, back into the flesh, back into the, their recognition of themselves according to the flesh. And he does it in a very deceitful way because he calls, the enemy calls them into the flesh to be religious. He calls them into the flesh to please God. He calls them into the flesh to, to walk in a religious way where they're, they're going to get the approval of God and man. So they're tempted. In the same way that Eve was tempted to take a bite of that fruit, the knowledge of the good and evil, because in that way, she would know what was good, what was bad. She would be able to know as God knows, and she could govern her own behavior. And that's exactly what we want to do when we step back into the flesh. When we children of God step back into who we are according to the flesh, we're saying, all right, God, I'll take it from here. And Paul, in this letter to the Galatians, is pulling this carnal body back into truth, trying to pull them back in line. And as we get to chapter 6, it becomes instructed, because he spent all this time telling them who they are. Now, as or in accordance to who they are, this is how they should behave. This is what they should do. 
We're going to be looking at verses 1 through 5. And we just left chapter 5, but we're going to visit that and talk again about where we're coming from. In chapter 5, Paul simplifies the issue of Galatian carnality. He makes it real simple. He explains that there are really only two ways to live. One is to walk according to the Spirit, that is, who the Christian is. To walk according to the Spirit is to behave according to who you are. He explains that the Christian is a spiritual people. We are spiritual people, born again as new creations. We are no longer a physical body with a spirit that is dead to God, but literally created as a spiritual being that shares the very life of Christ through his spirit. That's who you are. 2 Corinthians 5.17 is a verse you all know very well. We, we read it all the time. But it tells us who we are. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, you're in Christ. You're a Christian. That is, grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as Savior. He is a new creature, reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. That's who you are. The old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. You, being a physical body with a dead spirit, is no longer true. That's not who you are. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings new life. The Spirit of God literally brought life to your spirit and created in and of itself a new spirit, a new you. That is who you are. We are one with the Spirit of Christ. We share life through His Spirit. 1 Corinthians 6.17 But the one who is united and joined to the Lord is one Spirit. There is no separation. There is no uh, division or duality. There's just one Spirit. Now, you are Spirit, aren't you? You're one Spirit. You're one spirit. He says, but any man who, anyone who is united and joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. We've been given a new heart and it was promised through the old covenant. In Ezekiel, he says, and I will give them, God says, I will give them one heart, a new heart, and I put a new spirit within them. I will take them from uh, the heart of stone and will give them a heart of flesh that is responsive to my touch. In other words, I will create and I will give them a heart for me. A heart for me. Now, you know, the thing we can say, every Christian can say this, is that I may fail, I may act badly, I may not behave the way I should, but it is not my heart. That's not the truth of me. And that's why so many of us are miserable, because we're behaving contrary to the truth of who we are. We're behaving contrary to our heart. And if you can say, my behavior, my attitude, my, my thoughts are contrary to Christ, then they're contrary to your heart. They're contrary to who you are. So we have a new heart. That's who we are. This is not what we're becoming. This is not what we will be when we get to heaven. 
The new birth has made us fit to be in union with the Spirit of Christ. We are not becoming, we are spiritual beings. It is our primary being. We are dressed in flesh, in the flesh of what we were. And I've gone through that many times with you. That body you're wearing belongs to the old man, or did belong to the old man. It now belongs to to Christ because he took you all. But it still has the curse of sin upon it. So it's going to be drawn in different ways. But you, but you must yield that body to the Lord. This is why Paul writes in Romans six nineteen. He says, I'm speaking in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members, and he's talking about our bodies, as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, resulting in further lawlessness, so now, what are we to do, Paul? So now present your members, your body, as slaves to righteousness resulting from in sanctification. In other words, allow the outer you to be in line with the inner you. And it's not something, you see, he had to submit it as a slave. So it's not something that it will do apart from you determining that it will. It's not its natural inclination. When we are walking... When we walk according to the Spirit or live by faith in the truth of who we are spiritually, then we are fulfilling our created purpose. We are living in the truth of our fellowship with God. We are truly living in the abundance that Christ gave, came to give us through his life. To walk according to who we are spiritually is to walk with the abundance of all that Father names as the fruit of the Spirit and live in with the joyous experience of expressing the ministry of Christ. The fruit of the Spirit isn't the occasional dispensation that comes to us topically from heaven. The fruit of the Spirit is literally the character of Christ waiting in you to be expressed physically, visibly. Love, joy, patience, gentleness, kindness, all of these things represent the character of Christ. And they are to be the natural character of you. The natural expression of you. And when you are allowed to express these things, you become, rightly so, the ministry of Christ. And this is a supernatural expression. This is not something that you work yourself up to or talk yourself into or read enough scriptures to make yourself act that way. You are literally made that way. See, we've got it all upside down. We think we need to try to be like Jesus. We just need to be like Jesus and stop trying to be like everybody else. We need to stop trying to be religious and allow Jesus to be life to us. And he is life to us, so that's not a stretch for us. This life that we have is not free of pain or failure. But all those things are endured with the awareness of his great love and mercy and the witness of his strength being perfected in our weakness. And I told you last week, the weakness Christ points out and Paul says, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. He's talking about Paul's body. He's talking about Paul's humanity. 
That's what he's talking about. My strength is made perfect in the frail shell that you're wearing. And so when we walk in this, on this earth, part of the glory of God is our frailty. <laughs> Do you recognize that? Now the other way of walking is according to the flesh. And that is looking at this body and this world as your primary reality. This is your reality right here. And in this state, you're vulnerable to every temptation and deception. You'll find yourself living to the whims and appetites of your flesh. You'll find yourself manipulated by your emotions. You'll relegate faith to those things which are beyond your control or unreachable. And faith won't be a way of life for you. It'll be a way of desperation. Your perspective is that that of a physical person trying to relate to a spiritual God with whom you maintain a religious relationship that is governed by your desire. I spent years that way. Physical me maintain a relationship with a spiritual God. Weak me trying to maintain a relationship with a powerful God. Imperfect me trying to maintain a relationship with a perfect God. The gap seemed absolutely uncrossable, unbridgeable. And thank you, Jesus, who in my mind was just traveling between one camp and the other, trying to keep things nice. What a distortion. What an absolute distortion of the truth. But you know what? If you walk according to the flesh, how else are you going to view it? If you live, I, I, I don't care if, if you understand it's changed life or you, if, or you attend church regularly or you're, you're on the abundant life prayer list, whatever your, your claim to understanding may be. If you do not live in the truth that you are a spiritual being, if you do not walk in the truth that your vitality, that your that your life is, is connected to Him, then you're walking according to the flesh. I know, shouldn't be that cut and dry, but it is. When you live to the flesh, you cannot maintain spiritual reality. You can't. It won't work. This is not who the Christian is. No matter how long he lives to the flesh, he will always know that he is missing something. He will never be fulfilled. All the stages of life will leave him empty. No achievement will satisfy. Education, career, and marriage will not be enough. Religious activity will never be enough. Because you're living a lie. You're not a body with a spirit. You're a spirit with a body. Your life is not in the body. The body will die. Your life is spiritual and it will never die. It's eternal. And it's connected to the one who's named eternity, eternal. God, our Lord Jesus. Now these are the choices. There are two ways to walk. One is true to who you are. The other is a lie and a distortion that can only that can leave you with only your hope in the flesh. That's all it'll leave you with. You're either walking according to your life in the Spirit or you're walking according or after the flesh. And the Bible says walking after the flesh. And the reason it says it that way is because it's literally imitating the flesh. That's what it means. 
You're imitating who you were prior to Christ. It, so, so radical is the change that it takes faith to live in it. Is that believable? It takes faith to believe that you are a spiritual creature. Why? Because you look in the mirror and it lies to you. It says, this is who you are. And it's not. This is what you wear. It's easy to walk according to the flesh. It's easy in the sense that the externals around you will support the lie. The world will support the lie. And more than that, the enemy will support the lie. And the flesh will support the lie. You see, God was very clear about this life. He's going to give it all to us. But in order for us to live in it, in order for us to embrace the fullness, the abundance that Jesus came to give us, we've got to embrace the truth of what He's given us and who we are. And that's why Paul spends so much time. He's not telling them, look guys, if you'll just live right, if you'll just try harder, if you'll just memorize more scripture, if you'll just show up for church every Sunday, if you'll just do all of the right things, then your life will go well. No. He isn't, he's also not saying that if you'd live life in the proper context, your life will be a whiz-bang dream. Nothing will go wrong. Everything will be wonderful. Well, look at his life. It reminds me of some of these pyramid sales guys. You know, they're going to tell you how you're going to be wealthy, but they just pulled up in a, in a 73 Nosemobile. The thing is, God has a way that does not depend upon the externals that are around you. It just incorporates them. And we can live in the security of who we are in Christ, and we're not threatened there. The Galatians had forsaken walking according to the Spirit, to pursue walking after the flesh in order to become something before God and man by their adherence to the law. They had wavered in walking in truth and become vulnerable to the deception of the enemy. Where did it start? Where did the problem begin? It began with a simple deception, a simple distortion in their understanding of who they are. Immediately the enemy comes in and he says, this is what you want, and the you he's speaking to is your flesh. This is what you desire, and the you he's naming is your flesh. He's saying, if you will only, and he's talking about your flesh, and as soon as you pick that up as your voice speaking to you, which you will, you begin to own the flesh again. And let's, let's face it, most of us have a lot more experience in walking in the flesh than we ever had in walking in the Spirit. So it's a lot easier. I use this example quite often. You know, my wife and I, we moved out of a house that we'd been living in for, what, 15 years? And, and I, I worked not far from that house. And it seemed like every day I'd go to go home and I would turn down that road. It took a while for me to learn that I... I that that was a waste of my time. You know, I'd pull in there, and there's nothing there for me. I don't live there anymore. My home is not there anymore. But it was a matter of habit just to pull in there. And eventually, I learned that that was a waste of time. I don't need to go there anymore. I can go another way. 
The problem that we have is that we become so accustomed to walking according to the flesh, living in our flesh, that it becomes a well-worn path for our soul. And, you know, walking according to the Spirit just seems weird. It seems like I'm just, uh, I'm faithing this thing out, but I'm not feeling it. Well, feeling in faith. It isn't. So, you know, God has called you to something that initially, and maybe for a while, will seem absolutely strange to who you are, or to who you think you are. But it is not. It is natural. So the Galatians had become religious, and Paul calls them back to truth, and he commands them to return to faith and start walking according to who they are. And the response of the religious is, is, to this simplicity of choices would no doubt be, well, what about sin? What are you going to do with sin? I mean, doesn't all these rules keep us from sinning? Well, I hadn't seen it to be all that effective, have you? And you know, he writes... I can resolve the sin issue for you guys real simple. And he writes Galatians 5.16. He says, But I say, walk habitually in the Holy Spirit, seek Him and be responsible to His guidance, and then you will certainly not carry out the desires of the sinful nature which responds impulsively without regard for God and His precepts. In other words, Walk according to who you are and you won't have a problem with sin. Because I guarantee you, as I've said many times, the spiritual you, who you are in Christ, is not tempted by any of these things. Who you are in the flesh, who you mimic in the flesh, has already got flesh patterns all over the place. Anger, selfishness, greed, bitterness, pride. And anytime you indulge those things, all you do is reinforce a lie in your soul. And you know, the enemy's right there. Well, here you are again. You know, Todd, you have a real problem with anger. Yeah, I have a real problem with anger. No, I don't. I don't have a problem with anger. All of my captivity ended at the cross. I have a problem with my identity. That's what I have a problem with. I've forgotten who I am. Because if I remember who I am, everything that vexes me in the flesh died with Him. And everything that I want to express in life, the fulfillment of life, the joy of living, resurrected with Him. Sin is the fruit of walking according to the flesh. We can make it real simple. To walk after the flesh for the Christian is sin. And Paul lays it out for us. The deeds of the flesh, he puts it in in chapter 5. If you haven't read it, you should go back and reread it. And he lays out the fruit of the Spirit. You couldn't have any more contrast. You've seen the commercial. Your brain's on drugs. Drugs, your brain's on drugs. That's that's what it's like. You know, this this is you in the flesh. This is how you behave in the flesh, not you. But this is how you behave in the flesh. This is the fruit of who you are. Big difference. Galatians 5.25. Paul says, look, guys, let me sum it up for you. If we live by the Spirit, if you have your life from the Spirit of God... If that's where your life is, let me tell you what to do. Live in it. Walk by the Spirit. 
Now, if you are a Christian, the Spirit of God is your life source. And Paul writes, if you are drawing life from the Spirit of God, then live in the context of that supernatural spiritual life. And you may say, well, how do I do that? Romans 1.17 For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed both springing from faith and leading to faith. From, you were born into Christ, leading to faith, walking according to the truth. Disclosed in a way that awakens more faith. And as it is written, and forever remains true, the just and the upright shall live by faith. Who are you? You are just and upright. That's the way Christ made you. You will live by faith. And your faith gives birth to faith. So I'm walking with Christ. And, and this situation, I tell you, all of life provokes faith. This situation comes at me, and I'm going to believe God in it. Not that I might not have the resources in my mind, in my flesh, but because believing God is a much better play for me. And I want to see Him in it, otherwise it's pointless. It just becomes an exercise in futility. So I want to see Him in it, so by faith, whatever it is, if it's a test... Whatever it is, I'm not talking about God testing us. He didn't do that. He happens to know the end of the day what we're going to do. So, you know, the thing is, if it's some kind of thing that I have to enter into and, and I have to do and it's going to stretch me a bit, I know no matter what it is that I'm going to enter into it by faith. Now, how does that spring to faith? How do I go from faith to faith? The same way my left foot follows my right foot, or my right foot follows my left foot. When I walk forward in faith, I enter into faith. When I enter into faith, more faith is revealed or more faith is required. And as I step forward, faith leads to faith, leads to faith. And guess what I find out in faith leading to faith? God is faithful. He's always faithful. Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road, and Blanco Woods, just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006.